thongs except except for plead the fit because she did it the other day too with my brother because he was playing he was she was like i want to listen to tata because all my little cousins call me tata like that's their name for me and she's like i want to listen to tata and he puts on i think weekend or something one of my songs and she's like i don't want to listen to this <laughs> and they're like well what do you want to listen to the intersection of good drinks, good music, and good times. This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. Back with another fun episode this week as we talk with Tyra Madison, up-and-coming country artist. Her latest single, Plead the Fifth, is out now. But before we get into the show, our four-pack, we better crack open another one. This week's four-pack is artists you might not know, but you should. We'll call it part one, and these are some of my favorite folks out right now. First up is Stephen Wilson Jr. Great lyrics, great song. His debut album, Son of Dad, comes out in September. Up next is a friend of the show, past um, a guest here on Bar Conversations, Matt Koziel. Just a great dude. He's bringing it right now. His latest single, Follow Me Home, is phenomenal. Another past guest on Bar Conversations, Jonathan Hutcherson. His songs just have a great tempo to him. There's like a, a good upbeat rhythm to him. Definitely worth a listen. And last but not least, these country rockers from Pittsburgh stumbled upon them not long ago. That's been, been consistent on my playlist lately, and that is Lake View. And that's the four pack for this week. Remember, drink responsibly. Up next is our conversation with country artist Tyra Madison. Enjoy. Did you know Hops and Spirits is more than just this podcast? Check out hopspirits.com for our latest episode release, past episodes, interviews with interesting folks in the alcohol industry, and so much more. Just go to hopspirits.com. Feel free to wait until this podcast is done. Joining us here for our conversation, she's a country artist, songwriter. Her latest single, Plead the Fifth, is out now. Welcome in, Tyra Madison. Hi. <laughs> it's just such a, a gentle, uh, gentle hi. You kind of broke up a little bit when you were saying the first part. Ah, well, that happens sometimes. But, uh, you know, since this is bar conversations... What's your go-to drink, or what are you drinking tonight? So, I have what my roommates already have in the fridge tonight, because I didn't go buy anything. But my usual go-to, like, if I wasn't counting calories or anything, is like a Jack and Coke. Like, that's my go-to <laughs> I like it. I went with a little, since, since you're from Kentucky, I went with a, a blend, of, blend of Kentucky and Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Like bourbon as well. <laughs> uh, I love big bourbon. Though. Well, you're from Kentucky. That's kind of in your DNA. Yes, of course. <laughs> yes. Now, now <laughs> that's true too. Now, I have a very tough question for your first one. How many times have you sung "Let It Go"? Oh my goodness! Actually, I was talking about it tonight. How I used to be an Ilsum person. I was literally talking about it just before this interview. And how many times? I probably did at least 300 or over kids' birthday parties and appearances as Ilsum. 
So probably around 300 or more. <laughs> now, what was it like being an Elsa, an Elsa impersonate? Um, I loved it. Like, it definitely made me gain, like, a patience for kids and a love for kids. And, yeah, I... I mean, I wouldn't say it was stressful at all. It was just a new learning experience for me, I guess. Well, now you're performing uh, yeah, all, all sorts of things. Um, but I enjoyed that you were, when you were younger, singing Rocky Top. Yeah, Rocky Top. Rocky Top. Yeah, um, and that's funny I was singing that because I'm the biggest UK fan, but I was singing Rocky Top growing up, so like every time, like I live in Tennessee, don't get me wrong, love Tennessee, but I'm not a Vols fan, I'm a UK fan, like that's my team in the SEC, and anytime that comes on uh, any game day or whatever, I know every single word. And it's so annoying to me because I know every single word to Rocky Top, but I don't like the song. I don't like hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> now, why did you learn that song? Um, so I grew up on bluegrass music, and I would go to this thing called Picking and Grinning with my papa. And, yeah, I would get up there and sing Rocky Top and dance. I was young. I was probably... Four pops. I grew up on it. Well, you've pretty much been singing from an early age. Four. Mm-hmm. What was it about music that you just love so much? Um, I think that, you know, my mom was an athlete. My brother was an athlete. And it, it took me finding what I truly loved and what I was truly passionate about. And uh, like I said, I would go to a thing called Picking and Grinning with my papa. He played the harmonica. My uncle played the uh, my uncle played the guitar. And I just grew up in a really musical family. And I just I found what I was passionate about through music. And I knew like from the you know, rap age of like four or five that I wanted to perform, whether it was dancing or musical theater or on a stage singing, it, it didn't matter. I just wanted to be in the spotlight, I guess you'd say. <laughs> well, and like you said, you've uh, been singing forever. I enjoyed the story about when uh, you were on stage about age seven. And a swarm of bees decided to join you? The video is so funny. So I was, growing up, I would always play, you know, I was from a really, really small town in Kentucky. And there wasn't many opportunities for me to perform. So any opportunity that I had, I would jump at. And that would be basically local festivals. And I was playing the Gingerbread Festival in my hometown. And... My mom has this video. I guess it was around the times where they carried around the 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 big like camcorders, like you know, and VHS, I guess, or something. And she has this video of me 
on stage, I'm singing. I'm very small. I'm probably like, I don't know, five or six or something. I guess you said seven. Or maybe I was seven. I'm so small. And this swarm of bee, this bee kept swarming me. And I kept swatting it. But you best bet I kept singing. I kept singing. But it was, um, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of bees. <laughs> well, I don't feel like that would be great on stage. Great on stage. Like I saw the other day, Taylor Swift swallowed a bug. I was like, girl, I relate to that so much. <laughs> well, it, you know, you grew up in Kentucky. And obviously playing things can happen. But you grew up in Pine Top, Kentucky. What impact did that have on you musically and pers personally? Um, musically, I would say, like I said, I grew up on bluegrass music. So I think at one point the bluegrass transitioned to country music in a way because they're both very storytelling genre. And personally, I would say that I, I love being from a small town because the people are amazing. They're so kind and, um, you just had this built-in support system that I feel like a lot of people can't relate to. So, super blessed to be from a small town. Even though everyone knows your business, but they still support you. Sounds like a country song. No kidding. That's the thing now, about country. Like, there's so many songs to be written. <laughs> Well, I'll just say, who were your biggest influences growing up? I would say Carrie Underwood was a huge one for me. Like, I just, I love how she performs. I love that she's a powerhouse. I like to think that I'm a powerhouse as well. And um, I would say Carrie Underwood for sure. I was going to say, uh, apparently I'm, I can't unmute myself. I was going to uh, say, I, was uh, like, I don't hear what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'm having technical issues on my side, so I was trying to mute myself in between. So there's like not any feedback. Say, it might be me because my Wi-Fi is awful. And I don't know why it's awful because I paid for the most expensive one. But somehow I end up with no not good Wi-Fi. <laughs> Well, I have that here now because they've built more houses around us, and it's, I think, gone to crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, you mentioned Carrie Underwood. I think when we talk about some of your song, people will understand that. Um, but another person that I think has had a big impact on you is your mom, mom manager. Can you talk about her? <laughs> uh, yeah, my mom... I would say then a mom and daughter thing. So anytime she tries to be a guardian, I'm like, hey, listen up. We started as sisters. We're we're not doing that right now. <laughs> like I don't know. Um we we definitely fight like sisters. But obviously I love my mom and she is my biggest supporter. And I really don't know what I'd do without her. She styles me. If For people that don't know, she dresses me. 
Like anytime anyone, well, she didn't dress me today. I dressed myself. I've learned a little bit from her. Uh, she'll really appreciate hearing that. But um, yeah, I, I learned a lot from her from styling and fashion and yeah. Well, it sounds like a pretty special relationship. Yeah, it is. And, you know, like you said, you've been singing all your life. When did you realize this was something more and could be a career? Um, <clears throat> when it could be a career, I would say when I was picking up my college path because, you know, I... I had no idea where I was going to go to college. I just knew since my junior year of high school, I'd been traveling to Nashville to songwrite. And so I obviously looked at colleges in Nashville. And one of those was Belmont. And that was the only school that I applied to. Because I knew that music was the only thing that I wanted to do. I, I didn't want to do anything else. And... um yeah, I went to Belmont and I released my first EP when I was like a junior. And that was about the time that I realized like when I went to college, like this is what I want to do. And then, you know, releasing my first project when I was a junior was like the start of it all. And what's that journey been like? Um. I mean, it's not easy. And I always tell people, I'm like, if it was easy, I feel like everyone would do it. And, you know, it's it's not easy. It, and I describe it as like a, a roller coaster up and down all the time. And, you know, I, I've had these milestones that I've hit, like, you know, right girl, wrong time, but did really well on TikTok. And as an independent artist is really cool as many streams as it's gotten without any label help like that was really cool and um i just have to like remind myself to celebrate the milestones that that hit because in this career it's like nothing is good enough you're never satisfied it's like oh well i got one million streams last week let's get two million this week it's it's a constant grind that never stops. So it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> and no, you also write a lot. You've been writing since at least high school. What were you writing back then? Since I was seventeen, honestly. <sighs> I do feel like I wrote my first love song in high school. And I do think it was genuine because it would have been my first love. But other than that, I just, I don't know what I was writing about. Because I, I feel like until the age I'm at right now, I hadn't truly experienced life. And now it's so easy for me to write a song. It's like, oh, I felt that. Or I felt that. Or, you know, I've been through that. And... That's like the cool thing about growing up songwriting and the transition about it. And I definitely think I have grown as a songwriter for sure. Well, and you can hear that in your songs, I believe. And what's your writing process like? 
Is it an idea, experience? How does it work for you? Uh, I would say it's an idea. It's either it's something I've personally been through or one of my friends has been through or it's just this idea of or hook that I've heard. Like I literally hear it. And I'm like, oh my God, that's a song. And then I write it in my notes app on my phone. Like it just depends. <laughs> Sorry, my dog's fighting me. This is Coco, by the way. And she's Well, hello. <laughs> Coco, you just got recorded that you're being mean. She just wants anyway. the world to know. Oh, my God. Yeah, no kidding. I'm putting her on the floor. She's in timeout. <laughs> um, anyways, but yeah. Yeah. And how many songs or notes do you have on your phone? Like little notes, recordings for things? A lot. At, at least 50. And then each time I write them, I'll delete them. And then write another one and then delete them. So I would say at least 50. Just on my notes. Just sitting there and like, just ideas. Some may never get written. But... You know, some may be a number one. You never know. I was going to say, how often do you go back into that bank? Oh. Every time I write. Because you walk in a room and they're like, what do you want to write about today? Like, do you have any hooks? And I, and I, I pitch these stuff, this these hooks that I have in my notes. And I, I probably go there every time I write. So if someone wants to take a song of mine, they can just take my phone and take my notes. <laughs> well, hopefully they don't steal anything. <laughs> now, what was it like writing Right Girl, Wrong Time? Uh, right Girl, Wrong Time was the quickest song I've ever written. And I just think who I wrote it with was, her name was Reagan Rousseau. And I think at the time, I think Reagan was feeling the way that the song is and... I wrote it the way that my friend was feeling. So it was a super quick song to write because we both, maybe I wasn't feeling that myself and I've been going through that myself, but she was, Reagan, and my friend was. And I feel my friend's emotions. And we both were just passionately feeling that way. And I, I've, I've never written a song that quickly in my life. It, it, it just like flown out of us. It was just, I don't know. It, it, I always say to fill the room in any right that I'm in. And that was definitely like a fill the room kind of thing. Yeah. And did you know it was going to have this big of a takeoff? Like, were you expecting that? No, I had no idea because... So the song had been released a year before I put it on TikTok. Before it blown up on TikTok. It, the song had already been out for a whole year. So did I expect that? No. I, I Just before that, I had posted this cover of me singing Driver's License. And it did well. And I was like, oh, okay, this TikTok thing works. Like, let's go. So I was like, I'm going to post an original song. I'm going to let people get to know me and who Tyra is. 
And um, I posted right girl one time and I said, hey y'all, this is a song, just like driver's license that you can scream in your car. It's my song, it's called Right Girl Wrong Time. Check it out. Posted that. And I remember that day that I posted it, I was going to dinner with a friend and I get home and it's like, like 30,000 views. And I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like I haven't experienced this yet. I, I haven't experienced like the viral viralness of TikTok yet. And I mean, and I mean now it's like over 4 million views, but like then it was like, oh, dang, this is like popping off. And the song was already out. So these people that heard the song could go stream it right now. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, this is my song coming out, pre-save it. Like it was already out. They could go look it up right now and they did. And that was pretty cool. It, it got me to number four on the iTunes charts and it was just really cool. I was going to say, how much did that impact your career, too? Because that's a big song for you. I would definitely say it, it got me some meetings and introduced me to some people. But, I, I mean, I'm still doing what I was doing then. Like I said, it, it, even if that was, uh, like, high in my life, it's still, there's still more to do. There's still more work to do. As you said in between, thank goodness for drinks because technical difficulties are uh, making this a fun interview. True. <laughs> so I got to ask you about your new sing, Plead the Fifth. I'm guessing you had a lot of fun with that one because it's a really cool song. Uh, yeah, I definitely did. Um, there's just a cool story behind it. I, I'm a huge, like, crime documentary girl. Like, that's our guilty pleasure in our my household with my roommates. And the song, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was pretty easy to write because <laughs> I can just put myself in those kind of scenarios. And, yeah. Now, what was it like when you... You said this is the song I want to record and release. I think before I record and release any song, I have to play it out. And I, I play a lot of writer's rounds around town. And I, I think I remember playing that song for the first time and everyone was just like, wow. And that was when I was like, okay, I got to record it. And then also my mom's critique and input matters. And she's like, you need to record that. And you know, I also have a team to listen to now. And, and they're like, it's so good. And yeah, I, I would say from the feedback, not only me loving the song, obviously I'm gonna love any song that I write, but I also want to have feedback from someone for sure. Now your little cousins seem to like it too. Emma, she's so sweet. It's so funny. Like, literally, she, that wasn't even staged. Like, she will literally not listen to any of my other songs except except for Plead the Fit. Because she did it the other day, too, with my brother. 
because he was playing, he was, she was like, I want to listen to Tata because all my little cousins call me Tata. Like that's their name for me. And she's like, I want to listen to Tata. And he puts on, I think weekend or something. One of my songs. And she's like, I don't want to listen to that. <laughs> and they're like, well, what do you want to listen to? And obviously she wanted to listen to plead the fifth and he plays plead the fifth. And she's like, Oh, so happy. Yay. Like, it was like a switch in her. She just likes the song. I don't, she likes it. It's amazing what our, what kids or what kids will love. My, my daughter's favorite song right now is Shoot Tequila by, by Tiger, Tiger Early. Yes, I love Tiger Lily. Tiger Lily doesn't, I love those girls. Love them. I support them so much. Now, is there a song that you just love to perform, whether it's yours or someone else's? Um, probably Before He Cheats, Carrie Underwood. That's like my go-to. Like, that's my go-to karaoke song. I just, it's, I just think it's fun. Fun song. But lately, I've like, Strawberry Wine was a fun one for me to perform. And I also really like Gunpowder and Lead. It's so, like, like a badass song. Like, oh gosh, it's, it's kind of along the lines of Plead the Fifth. It's like, you know, it's kind of like that. And I think that's, I think there's a aspect of empowering in that, oddly enough. Maybe not, like, murdering someone, but... You know, like, maybe not physically taking back the power, but definitely emotionally. There's something to be said for those type of song. And and you've, you know, lately been able to get to open for some cool people. Priscilla Block, Maddie and Tay, Lone Star, and others. What's that been like? Um, super cool. I would say that's one of the coolest things that I've done lately other than right girl, wrong time going viral. You know, I don't, I don't take it for granted. There's so many talented people in this industry and I'm just, I'm just happy to be there, honestly. And what's your favorite part about being on stage? stage i would say like i love like crowd participation like if someone in the audience knows my song like that just means so much to me like that's that's why that's why i do it like i want to connect with people and like you know when right girl wrong time was popping off i got so many messages from girls that was like this helped me through my breakup and my broken heart. And I was like, that, that means so much to me. Like, that's why I want to do this career. Like, and I don't know if you noticed, but I'm a girl's girl. So like, I write a lot of songs about women empowerment and knowing your worth. And yeah, I, that just means so much to me that it, that people are connecting with it. And it, I think, music heals and it's really cool to hear that my song has healed someone else well i mean that's the whole point is to write a song someone can see themselves in and what was it like that first time when people were singing songs back to you that, that, that were yours 
it, it makes it all kind of worth it. Even though it's only like one person in the audience like that, that's a huge deal. Cause it's like, there's so much that goes behind releasing a song. Like, you know, thinking of the idea, like getting in the room with the right people that can write that song and you know, like graphic design on the single art, like putting it through the distributor, like there's, or even registering it with BMI or whatever your PRO is like doing that, like that it's so much effort. And I don't think that people truly see that. So the fact that you see someone singing the song that you put out and put so much effort through song wrote whatever it was it means a lot when you've got the new single plead the fifth is a new album eb coming down the line what can you tell us that won't get you in trouble um, i will say there's another single coming soon yeah that's a good tease <laughs> and what a what else can folks expect expect the rest of 2023? Hopefully touring the world. That's what I want to do. Like, that's my goal. It's just tour. Like, I love traveling already so much. And I just want to meet as, like, I'm a people person. I just want to meet as many people as I can and and spread my music. So... Well, you've got some really good songs to do that with. Right Girl, Wrong Time, Plead the Fifth. Folks, you got to give her a listen because I think you will really enjoy it. Um, and Tyra, thank you for sharing a drink and working through all these technical difficulties. <laughs> it's all right. Find more from Hops and Spirits at hopspirits.com. Thanks, everybody. Bye.